Evidence and Answers. Famous British author H.G. Wells stated, I'm a historian. I'm not a believer, but I must confess that as a historian, that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. Although a poor carpenter, why is the most dominant figure in history Jesus? You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is a popular teacher and author in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Listen today as Pat reveals the unique authority of Jesus and the significant implications this has for every person throughout the world. Let's join Pat now as he presents his lesson on the supremacy of Christ. A leading scholar from the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences speaking to a group of Westerners in 2002 stated that his team was researching the answer to this question. What is it that made America such a free and prosperous nation in such a short period of time? Never in history have we seen a nation prosper so quickly as the United States. And after months of intense research, his team concluded this, and this comes from a bunch of atheists, all right? It was not the military might of the United States, nor our political system, nor our economic system. But he stated that it was the Christian moral foundation that made possible the emergence of free market trade and democracy. The teachings of Christ have had a powerful impact on cultures and nations all over the world. That's because Jesus has authority over the law. Now, chapter 8, verse 1, When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. And a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Jesus said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. And he said, I'm willing, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Leprosy is a horrible disease that eats away at the body. And in Jesus' day, there's no cure. And even today, it takes a while to heal someone from this dreaded disease. Yet Jesus instantly healed the man with a touch. And he said, go show yourself to the priests. In other words, this was a wake-up call to the priests. When they saw this man completely cured, they should have known, wait a minute, someone with special authority has arrived upon the scene. And then in verse 5, a centurion comes up to him and he says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. And Jesus said, I'll go and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve for you to come into my house, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus says the word. He doesn't even have to go there and touch the man. And the servant is healed. And then we read in verse 14, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. Those three stories of healing are one story. And look at the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. That was instant. In fact, most of us, when we get a fever, even after we recover, it takes about a day or two to get our strength back. She instantly got it back and was serving them. And the passage ends, when evening came, Many who were demon-possessed 
were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our disease. Jesus demonstrates authority over disease. He is supreme over the law. He is supreme over disease. No one in history demonstrates this kind of authority over disease. Jesus is supreme over the law. He is supreme over disease. Then look in verse 23. It says, Then he got into the boat, and with his disciples they followed him. And without warning, a furious storm came up upon them in the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping, and the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to die. He replied, You little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus demonstrates authority over nature. Now, the power of the oceans, we know how great it is. It can toss a tanker like a little toy. And the passage here says it was a furious storm. Literally translated, it was a great turbulence. And remember, several of the disciples here are veteran fishermen, and they are terrified at the storm that they are in. But Jesus, with his command, halts the winds and the waves instantly. No other person demonstrates authority over creation as Jesus. God confirms his message and messengers with acts of God, miracles. And no one demonstrates authority over every realm of creation as Jesus does. In the Quran, the holy book of Islam, Muhammad performs no miracles. He is asked several times, Show us a sign that we may, or a miracle, that we may know you are the prophet of Allah. For the prophets of Allah are confirmed by miracles. And he refuses to do any. He simply says, look at the Quran, that is enough. Buddha, in the earliest scriptures, we know, does not do any miracles. Buddhist scholars will tell you that. Confucius does not do any. Only in Christ do we have someone who showed authority over every realm of nature. Christ is supreme over the law. Christ is supreme over disease. Christ is supreme over nature. Then we pick it up in verse 28. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God, they shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? When he arrived to the Gadarenes, Two demon-possessed men met him, and they knew who he was, and they were absolutely terrified of Jesus. The demons knew his coming to earth meant their impending doom was near. And they plead with him, don't send us to our place of torment now. And instead of being disembodied spirits, they plead for something else. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding and the demons begged Jesus, if you drive us, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, go. So they came out, went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. So instead of being disembodied spirits, they plead to go into the pigs, and the pigs go insane and meet their death going over a cliff into the lake. But Jesus demonstrates authority 
over angels and demons. He is supreme over the spiritual realm. No other person demonstrates authority over the spiritual realm as Jesus. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, in the earliest, most authoritative biography by Ibn Ishaq, Sirat Rasul, the life of the prophet Muhammad, he writes that Muhammad suffered from demon possession at least three times in his life. When he was a young boy, his nurse and uncle believed that he had been possessed by a demon. The second time occurred when he received his prophetic call. The angel Gabriel came and grabbed him and choked him and shook him really hard to the point where he passed out. And he ran home to his wife Khadija and hid under the blanket and said, cover me, cover me. Prophet or possessed, I do not know which I am. And Ibn Ishaq records that he thought he was demon-possessed, and he went up to a cliff. He wanted to throw himself off the cliff. The third time occurred after his prophetic call, when he received the revelation allowing Muslims to worship the three gods of his tribe. But then later he admitted he was possessed by Satan when he uttered those verses, the famous satanic verses, chapter 17 of the Quran. And Allah forgave him and called him to repent with a very stern warning. Muhammad demonstrates no authority. He struggled with the demonic all his life. No one demonstrates authority over the spiritual realm as Christ did. When the demons showed up, they were absolutely terrified of Christ and pleaded and begged with him to show them some mercy. You know, in many countries where there are witch doctors who claim to control demons and can communicate with the spirits of the dead, their power is greatly feared for it is believed many can put a curse on you or the witch doctors in Hawaii called the kahuna. It is believed that at night when your soul wanders, they can capture and control your soul. But there is no need for the Christian to fear such men and women for Christ is supreme over angels and demons. He has authority over the spiritual realm. There's no need to fear the witch doctors, or others who claim to have control of dark demonic forces. Christ is supreme over all. Christ demonstrates authority over the law, authority over disease, authority over nature, authority over angels and demons. Then in chapter 9, it says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought him a paralytic lying on a mat. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is it easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up and walk? But so that you may know, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat and go home. And the man got up and went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. And they praised God who had given such authority to men. Jesus demonstrates authority over sin. Now somehow when this man enters, Jesus knows that his sickness is somehow caused by sin. And Jesus declares, son, your sins are forgiven. And one thing everybody understands, nobody has that authority, only God himself. 
If I were to come in today and say, in the name of Pat Zucaran, all the sins you've committed are forgiven today. You'd say, this guy's nuts. Get him off the stage. Well, that's what Jesus was doing. He claimed to have the authority to forgive this man's sin as something that was clear. That's authority only God himself has. And Jesus says, so that you may know I have this authority. I'm going to do something physically to show you I have this authority over the realm of sin. And so he does a physical miracle to demonstrate his spiritual authority over sin. And he tells this man, rise up and walk, demonstrating authority over sin. Jesus demonstrated authority over sin by living a sinless, perfect life. No one has ever done that. Buddha struggled with selfish desires for much of his life. Muhammad, throughout the Quran, is told to confess his sin and repent and ask for forgiveness. Confucius spoke of what he called the ideal man. And in the Analects of Confucius, he says, I myself have not attained to the ideal, nor have I ever seen the ideal man. Yet in Christ, we have a man who's demonstrated authority over sin and lived a sinlessly perfect life. Even the enemies of Christ couldn't find any sin to pin on him. Chapter 8, when they challenge him, he says, Of what sin do you condemn me of? And they can't name anything. They just say, well, you, a mere man, claim to be God. That's about all they can pin on the guy. When he stands before Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate says, I wash my hands because I find this man innocent. Even the enemies of Christ couldn't pin anything on him. And Christ demonstrates the authority to forgive sin. In other religions like Hinduism, there's no forgiveness for bad karma. You've got to work and hopefully attain a better reincarnation. Extensive rituals are performed to one of the over 100 million gods in Hinduism in hopes that you will attain good karma, that you may attain a better reincarnation. But through Christ, the one who demonstrated authority over sin, sin is forgiven by his command. And finally, in Verse 18, a ruler comes to Jesus and says, My daughter has just died, but come, put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her and said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. And when Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and noisy crowd, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. So a ruler comes up to Jesus and says, my daughter has died. Touch her and she shall live. Now on the way, he heals a woman of her bleeding issue. But then he goes to the house of this ruler. And there he already finds the mourners and the flute players playing and weeping already. In other words, the girl was dead, all right? She was dead, dead. In fact, probably for some time she had been dead because it takes a little while to call the mourners and the flute players. And then it says they were already wailing and weeping already. So she had been dead for some time. And Jesus says, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. They said, look, we checked her out. If there was any sign of life in her, we wouldn't be here, but she's dead, man. She's dead, dead. That's why we're here. You crazy? 
Well, after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. And news of this spread throughout all the region. Jesus demonstrates authority over death. The undefeatable enemy, Jesus demonstrates he has authority even over death. And this isn't the first time Jesus raised someone from the dead. On several occasions in the Gospels, Jesus raised people from the dead. And the most famous, of course, he prophesied and accomplished his own resurrection from the dead. And that's a historical event confirmed by good, powerful, compelling evidence. Jesus demonstrates authority over sin and death, something no one else has ever done. You know, in Hawaiian legend, we have the famous Superman of Hawaii, right, Maui. Many of us grew up learning the legend of Maui. He did some supernatural feats according to legend. For example, the sun used to race across the sky so fast, farmers and fishermen and others could not uh, accomplish their task because he ran across the sky so fast. So Maui went up to the great mountain and captured the sun and beat the sun into submission till finally the sun said, all right, I'll go across the sky much slower so you can do your work. Such were the feats of Hawaii Superman Maui. Well, there was one enemy that Maui had not faced. And one day, according to legend, he saw his mother and others getting old. And he said, what's going on? And she said, Maui, we are not the sons of the gods as you are. We get old and we die. And he said, I will not let this happen. I will defeat death. How do I defeat death? And according to the legend, Maui's mother said, you have to go up into the great volcano, descend into the deep caverns, and rip out the heart of death. That's the only way he'll be defeated. And Maui said, very well then, I will go and do that. And so he traversed up the great volcano and descended deep into the caverns at late at night while death was asleep. And he descended deep into the depths of the volcano, and there he found death sleeping. And so he entered into the mouth of death and attempted to pull out the heart of death. And he was pulling all night long. And it took a little longer than he thought when suddenly the sun began to rise and a bird sounded at the rise of the sun. Death awoke, discovered Maui, and they went to battle. And death captured Maui in his jaws and he killed Hawaii's Superman. Whether in legend or in history, no one has ever defeated death. Christ alone demonstrated supremacy over death, raising people from the dead and accomplishing his own resurrection from the dead. Buddha died. He's buried in northern India. And you can go visit his grave today. Muhammad died. He's supposedly buried in Medina. All Hindu holy men have died. I was talking to a young man the other night. He believed some young moon was the savior, a guy from Korea. Well, where is some young moon now, I asked. Well, he died. One of his sons in New York has taken over. Jesus alone is alive, demonstrating authority over sin and over death. Over every realm of creation, Jesus demonstrates he has authority over and he reigns supreme over every realm of creation, over the law, 
Jesus demonstrates authority over disease, over nature, over the spiritual realm, over sin and over death. Christ reigns supreme, demonstrating authority like no one else in the history of the world. He has authority over every realm of creation. Well, what do we do with this that we have learned about Christ? Well, there are tremendous implications regarding this. Number one, Jesus Christ is Lord of heaven and of earth. He is Lord over all creation. Whether you acknowledge him or not, he is Lord. He reigns supreme. Secondly, Jesus Christ is Lord over you and he's Lord over me. And he deserves our worship and our obedience. Philippians chapter 2 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And indeed that day is going to come. And there will be two groups of people who walk before the throne of God. The saints of glory and the angels of God shall come before the throne of Christ and shout with joy, Jesus Christ is Lord. And then there will be the second group, the hordes of the demonic hosts and those who have refused to submit to the Lordship of Christ. And they shall come before the throne and kneel and through gritted teeth and anger and fists held to the ground, shall even they shall admit, Jesus Christ is Lord. And which group will you be a part of? He has demonstrated authority over every realm of creation. And one day, when he comes in his full glory, every knee is going to bow, every tongue will confess, whether you've trusted in him, and submitted to his lordship or not. Facts are facts. He is Lord over all creation. And one day, everyone will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. And the great miracle is this, the Lord who demonstrated authority over all creation didn't sit back and say, oh, you guys really blew it, man. Hope you uh, get yourselves out of this one. Boy, he didn't sit back and watch us flail in our struggle. He left his heavenly throne, set aside his authority, took on human form, and died on the cross for us, making forgiveness of our sin possible and everlasting life and eternal life with God possible. Therefore, he deserves our very lives. He is Lord over heaven, over earth. He is Lord over you. He's Lord over me. And he deserves our worship, our loyalty, and our obedience. May we every day live under the lordship of the one who demonstrated he is indeed the king over all creation. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful truth you have revealed to us in your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that each and every day we would live in submission to your son, Jesus Christ, and all that he taught. May the, the Lordship of Christ be the hallmark of everyone here and all who call upon the name of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
This concludes Pat's message on the supremacy of Christ. This message, along with others and a host of great resources from Pat, are available at evidenceandanswers.org. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. Join us next time as Pat continues to present evidence for faith in Christ and biblical answers to the challenges of today, right here on Evidence and Answers.